say man has he done enough if he never does another thing that's quite testimony he's already done enough amen 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 good to see another daughter of Ebenezer in the house Marcy good to see you this morning I know she's probably still in celebration mode as one of her daughters graduated from Tennessee State Praise God, praise God for the accomplishment. Amen. Amen. Proud, proud mom, I'm sure. Amen. I want to read until you're hearing once more and again from this text, Romans 10, 10 and 9 through 11. It's a text that I'm sure you are aware of, but I want to read in your hearing. I'm being purposeful for sharing this text this morning. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You know, we have been talking a great deal for the past several weeks in Bible study. For those of you who join us online on our Zoom platform on Wednesday night, we've been talking a lot about evangelism, about going out into the byways and highways, because you recognize as Christians, part of our responsibilities is to make disciples of others. Amen. We just don't come here to assemble just to sit here and get our song thrill on or our hoops on. We have a role and responsibility, a mandate by God through Jesus Christ to share the good news. And that responsibility is not just, does not just fall on the pastor or the minister. It falls on you too. When was the last time you brought somebody to Christ? So I have one person to think about it in Christ. Amen. Think about that. When was the last time you shared the good news that somebody got up? Or maybe I should ask it this way. Have you ever led somebody to Christ? Well, we know that, and we talked about a lot in the Bible study, because we got some real, we had some real talk in Bible study, and we, some of the things that were shared on that Wednesday night, some people feel ill-equipped. Some people are afraid because they don't want to experience the rejection. And so we don't say nothing. We don't do nothing. And we look around our facility, and we see We are not packed. And it ain't about numbers, but it's about obedience to God. Okay. So anyone, I want to speak from the subject at the end of the road, anyone who has been a Christian for any length of time 
has heard someone pop the big question. At least I hope you have. And that big question is, how can I be saved? Now, if somebody asks a question, they ask you that question, what will you say? How can I be saved? I know that if someone asks you that question, you might get a little intimidated. You might even get scared. But you might remember or might respond from a scripture found in Romans that gives a clear answer, and you share it, Romans 10 and 9. I believe that it's a good idea to refresh our understanding of the Apostle Paul's profound statement of faith. Because in spite of its simplicity, it is packed full of definition. Unsaved, unchurched people somehow, somehow have this, this idea that, 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 that you need to be perfect in order to be a Christian. They believe somehow that you have to be flawless. So, so a lot of times you hear folks say, let me get myself together and then I will come. And then some of us have kind of put this mindset that because you claim yourself to be so holy that people feel like they can never be like you. And so they have this idea that you need to be perfect in order to be a Christian. Let me help you out right now. If that were the case, none of us could be here today. Because the truth of the matter, and ain't nobody in this room flawless. Nobody in this room is perfect. I don't care how long you've been in this church. I don't care how many Sundays you wore your Sunday hat. None of you are perfect. And let me just say parenthetically, I ain't perfect neither. We're born with a sin nature that tries its best to control us. Control me? Yeah, control you. Even, even, even after our conversion, that, that, that old sin nature still hangs around like a thorn in our flesh, seeking every chance to devour us. And sometimes it shows up that old sin nature shows up in our attitude. Sometimes that old sin nature shows up in how we treat people who are different from us. Still, we know that we are far better off after we confess our faith in Christ because when we repent of our sinful mistakes, the good news is Christ covers us. He covers us with his grace his mercy and his petition, and he petitions the Father on our behalf for his forgiveness. That's why we can sit here, not because we're perfect, but because Christ covers us. There's nothing complex about conversion 
to Christianity. The good news, it doesn't require perfection. The only challenge we face is our realization that we are sinners in need of a Savior. I don't know how you feel about it, but whether you acknowledge it or not, you need a Savior. Well, maybe I'll say it for myself. I need the Lord. I need the Lord every, in every phase of my life. After the week that I have had, after the week you have had, I need a Savior. I need the Lord. You know, I have, I have in the years and when I have, as I have served in, in ministry, I have counseled many unbelievers who have struggled mightily with this verse of Scripture because they just can't seem to accept that they are sinners in need of redemption. This is how they clarified or justified. Pastor, I, 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 I'm a good person. I come to church. I give my tithes. I help the poor. I, I pick up uh, 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 trash around my neighborhood. I'm a good person. I ain't never been to jail. I ain't never hurt nobody. I need redemption. You see, the hardest part of being saved is acknowledging that we need it. We need it. Our scripture text for today is at the end of the road, and I'll explain it this way. It's, uh, it, it's part of what Bible scholars call the Roman road. Some of you may have heard of this. Now, the Roman road is not a physical road in Italy. But the Roman road is a selection of verses from the book of Romans. And when they are arranged in a particular order, they systematically explain the message of salvation. So all of our members here who's going to be engaging in evangelism, you might want to pull out your pencil and your paper. Because this will help you lead people to Christ. I see one or two pages rattling. That just means, that better mean the rest of y'all got it memorized already, right? Or y'all going to buy the tape, right? These, this Roman world will help you the next time someone begins to ask you questions about salvation. Like what? If they ask, who is good? Romans 3 and 10 says, there is none righteous. No, not one. If they ask, who has sinned? Romans 3 and 23 says, all. Well, what about my great-great-grandmama who all with all? have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, what about my granddaddy who was a pastor? All have sinned. You and you and you and you all have sinned. 
So if anybody came in here perfect, you need to take that cloak off because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If they ask, where did sin come from? Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then if they ask, okay, if all have sinned, and nobody's good, what happens next? What is the penalty for sin? Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, what? Our Lord. Now, if you hear all that and you ain't never been exposed to the gospel, that can be depressing. And so, beloved, you can't stop there. Then you have to share what we call the good news. Oh, y'all don't hear me this morning. The good news, because, because there is a way out. For Romans 5 and 8 says, But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news right there. And Romans 10 and 13 says, For whosoever shall, shall, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then come to the end of the Roman road, Romans 10, 9 through 11, that verse that you've often heard pastors and ministers utter, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. The simulated road helps a sinner see the need for his own salvation. And when you think about the streets in which we're living in, there are some people that need to know they need salvation. They don't need another police officer arresting them. They don't need to have to go into another jail cell. They need some good news. For this road to salvation was designed for everyone, Jew and Gentile alike. It is, it, it is perfect in its impartiality. Your Redeemer is a mighty all-sufficient Savior who, who offers salvation to everyone. And you, Ebenezer, you, Christian, have the authority to take anyone down the Roman road who desires to go. Because you, yourself, have experienced the power of his grace. And his pardon. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, what he's done for us, he can do for others. You know, we used to sing to the utmost, Jesus saves. 
And it is true. He saves all who come to God through him. So just for a few more minutes, let me unwrap this gift of salvation that's recorded in the final destination of the Roman road. First, look at its simplicity and accessibility. To show the simplicity and the accessibility of this gift, we only have to look at the words chosen by the Apostle Paul in chapter 10. His is not some complicated new twist to the new covenant relationship with Christ. Instead, he borrows almost the identical language of the old covenant from the book of Deuteronomy 30 and 14. And with very slight alteration assigns it to the new covenant with Christ. Moses said, the word is nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Paul says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and shalt believe in thy heart, what the Lord through Moses said of his covenant with Israel, Paul now says of this new covenant today. It says the past is easy, not difficult. Moses and Paul both say that we don't have to soar to the heavens or plunge into the deep to find the answer. Christ has already come down to conquer sin and death for us, and it is he who leads the way to God. Christ assures us of the nearness of God's word because it only has to be where? In our mouth and in our heart. And I believe that you can do that. Can't you? I mean, think about it. Can, can, can you speak of the goodness of God? Because in your heart, you have experienced it. Can you speak of the mercy of God? You, you don't need a degree in theology or, or a title like reverend or bishop or minister to affirm what you know in your heart to be true. Christ could not have made it any easier. Christ defeated the enemy, broke the chains of sin, bound your demons, abolished your fears, and changed your life. The gospel has adapted to our human nature to meet and to supply our deepest needs. That's why our hearts can rejoice in him. Then we look at the terms of this gift of salvation. There are only two Two terms, faith and confession. Faith and confession. The faith requirement, though indispensable, can be fulfilled by every human being of every rank, age, every culture, and stature. It is an act of the human mind. 
This faith provision attests to the one who originally made it, God himself. He made his truth intelligible and his grace so real that everyone could understand and believe. Why? Because his faith provision profoundly affects the moral and spiritual nature of man. When the spirit and the word of God works on your soul, on our soul, it produces faith in us. The faith needed to receive salvation. In other words, you know you've done wrong when God's moral spirit butts up against your own evil spirit. That's when faith opens the door of deliverance. That's when faith removes the sting of death. That's when faith defeats the gates of hell. Now, the confession requirement is also indispensable. Confession releases the pain of guilt and opens the door to forgiveness. If confession was not a condition of salvation, we will remain in a hopeless state of guilt. For none of us, not one of us, any of us, could free ourselves from sin or find rest in our imperfect works. Confession. I said our confession with our mouth that relieves us of sin's guilt. Remember that Jesus is the word and the word is nigh or at hand. That means it's close to you. When you confess that you cannot save yourself, our confession of guilt opens the door of faith in the one who can deliver us from evil. Finally, look at the blessings of this gift of salvation. Our text may be the end of the Roman road, but it's not a dead end. The end of this road leads to a life of righteousness, which is the gift of God. This righteousness is given by his grace. And I declare it is real, it is genuine, and it's eternal because it leads to eternal life. At the end of this road, you will find salvation for your soul. At the end of this road, you will find a place within your heart that belongs to no one but Jesus. At the end of this road, you, you will pledge a loyalty that you will only make to Jesus. At the end of this road, you will find a commitment and a dedication that you will only assign to Jesus. At the end of this road, you will find a trust and a confidence that, can only, that you can only place in Jesus. So the question is, are you at a dead end? It could be that you have taken a wrong turn could be that you've gone down. It could be that you moved in the wrong direction. The good news is you can pick up a new road map and forge a new direction. 
one that is founded on the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ. A role that requires so little of you in order to receive so much from Christ. Because what you get from Christ is answers to your questions, solutions for your problems. You get strength for your journey and armor for your battles. You receive wisdom for your voyage and courage to be a witness. If you're looking for peace of mind, look to Christ. If you're looking for unspeakable joy, look to Christ. If you're looking for love and and understanding, look to Christ. If you're looking for acceptance, if you're looking for assurance, look to Christ. If you're looking for genuine, real forgiveness, look to Christ go one day longer. Don't walk one mile further. Don't look one moment later. Old preachers used to say, don't wait, don't hesitate. Make your commitment today. The word of God for the people of God and all of God's people said, amen. We're going to open the doors of the church. Perhaps there's someone here that wants to walk that Roman road, that wants to give their life to the Lord. Perhaps you don't know Jesus for as your Savior. Perhaps you are unchurched or have a church home. We like to extend an invitation to you to join with us here at Ebenezer. As our music ministry plays and or sings, we want to extended invitation to you at this time to join this household of faith as you give your life to the Lord. Is there one today? Amen. Is there one? Is there one today? As he sing, I'm asking the members to pray, to pray, to pray that someone's heart will be pricked. Someone will be moved. This is not a spectator to see who's going to come and where they're going to come. You ought to be praying. Praying that someone will give us their hand, but give God their heart. The doors of the church are open. I surrender If you know those words, join Stanley. I surrender Come on, everybody.
music ministry today for the work that they have done. Uh, Pianist, director of music, Sister Susan is away on vacation. We pray God's continued blessings and mercies upon her. Quiet, can we have that first song you, y'all say again on the way out? Can we have that? Can we have that? Can we have that? Y'all look at me strange. Y'all got to be able to move. We got to be flexible. Come on, come on, come on. I like that song. Come on. You got to be flexible. And as they come, why don't you stand to your feet? Y'all can stand. Follow the direction of, of Minister King. Follow the direction. He's uh... There you go. There you go. Come on. Please remember that we have the vaccinations available. Immediately follow being worshipped from 1 to 5 p.m. Please get boosted up. If you ain't got your first shot, I know ain't got ain't correct English, but you know what I'm talking about. Go get your shot. Continue to with your stewardship with Ebenezer. Continue to be a blessing to someone else because we recognize we are blessed to be a blessing. Come on, choir. Thank you. 